You hear that little intro? Yeah. Yeah. That's sweet. Yeah, I made it. Dude, that's awesome. Last night, <laughs> I was messing around. Uh, a man well, on a mission. Man on a mission. Um, welcome, everybody, to Fatherhood and Flow. This is episode three. And, uh, you know, fitting, talking about the intro sound. Uh, we're going to be talking a little bit about um, me. This is Sam. Um, I have Dave with me. What's up, everybody? And, uh, you know, we wanted to take this episode and um, the next one to kind of talk a little bit about us um, as fathers and who we are as people, kind of what we like to do, help you guys get to know us a little bit better, and, um, and really just talk about how we've found flow as fathers and some of the things we've done in our life to, you know, maintain our identity. It's one of the most important things, I think, as you're stepping into this new role as a father is to keep your identity intact uh we had sam and i had a conversation earlier we actually were up at the lake and we were doing some paddleboard and hanging out and you know we just got talking about how each person they kind of lose focus of who they are because they put so much time and energy into their children and raising these kids and trying to be the best that they can be for them as parents and at the same time you've got to have your own hobbies so that you can bring your kids into that space and you have something to do because, I mean, you know, you spend this whole next 18 to 20 years of your life and their life. And it's every waking moment is, okay, I got to take care of my kids, help them, you know, work through everything that they're doing. And then you kind of transition into uh, this stage of empty nester. And it's like, okay, well, now what do we do? Yeah. And, that, and that's so important. And one of the first things I started thinking about when I found out that I was going to be father is okay what what am I still going to be able to do that I love to do and and what's something that I can bring my kids into and I remember you know my um I've been a big skier for a while and you know here in um Utah there's a lot of like backcountry skiing a lot of like ski mountaineering um rock climbing kind of some extreme sports like that that I was really starting to get into and we're really starting to uh kind of pique my interest, you know? Um, and then when we found out we were having a kid, you know, you really have to take a look and say, okay, well, what hobbies are going to be conducive to the family or not? And some of that drive to be, you know, going backcountry or, you know, alpine mountaineering, you know, and the risks involved in a lot of that stuff, um, you know, and the time it takes, the time away from the house, you know, you've gone all all weekend or all, you know, at least all day doing some of these things that would really cut into, um, time as a parent. And so right about the time that I started thinking about this, I actually, I really started playing a lot of music. And for me, music has been a part of my life since I was, I guess, probably 13, um, started playing the guitar and it, it seemed really fitting to, kind of make a shift in my life and say, hey, you know what, why don't I just really dive into music? And some of the things that that led to that decision is that, one, I absolutely love playing the guitar, writing songs, producing music, uh, playing with my band, playing shows, you know, a lot of these things. And this is all something that eventually I can bring my kids into. Well, and even go into more of that, too, from, you know, it's it's a family aspect, but at the same time, too, you know, talk more about, with your band, you've got times when you are out 
you know, doing shows and stuff and from a family dynamic, it's still okay. How did you get to the point in your relationship where you're able to spend your time doing what you want to do and your wife can spend time what she wants to do and everybody is happy at the same time? Yeah, that that's that's a really good question. I mean, I think that's I think that is the big question that you have to ask. And for for me and my wife, it was all about prioritizing, you know, and and just picking uh, a couple of things. Or for me, it was really one thing for a while. Like this is what I'm gonna do. This is how I'm gonna have fulfillment. This is gonna be a big part of my identity. And I think having those conversations and clearly communicating the importance of it you know, with my wife, you know, all through pregnancy and, um, you know, a couple of weeks after our son was born, uh, I was practicing every week with a band and still to this day have only missed a handful of weeks, um, at all for practice, you know, and performances. And it takes some time, but one of the things I did is, you know, we'll practice late at night. So I typically won't have to miss, uh, bedtime, you know, so I can be around for bedtime and I can go play music at night. That's one of the other great things about music is that I can do it at any time of the day. You know, I can do it um, in the morning, afternoon. I can do it when everybody's asleep. I can do it during nap time. And um, one of the other things that I really kind of drove me to this, you know, thinking about the family, like now that you're about to be a dad and, you know, thinking about this myself, you have to think about what you do and how it's going to impact your family. Now your time is no longer just about you, you know, like the hour you spend doing something else, you know, is an hour you're spending away from your family. And I think it's one of the first times in your life you really have to start to think about all of that. Yeah, that is a very, very good point. Uh, I know when, so I'm an entrepreneur and I'll get into my story later in the next episode, but one of the things for me is it's, it's tough because, you know, I, for the most part, can plan my schedule and plan my day, but sometimes I can work a couple hours a week or sometimes I can work, you know, 60, 70 hours a week. And it just depends. But the freedom that allows me to have more time with my family, I think that's what we're all striving for, especially as new fathers and as a part of a family. It's like you have both sides of the equation you have to deal with. You've got to provide and take care of the needs of your family, but at the same time, you've got to have that independence and you know, I guess this is another question to bring up too. You're working your normal job, but you still want to have time to play music and do some of the other things that you want to do, the activity. And then you still have to spend time with your family. And it's such a, you know, a lot of people talk about balance, but I don't think there really, there really ever is balance. I think it's just figuring out how to have flow. Yeah, I I totally agree. Um, actually the old, uh, uh, CEO of Skull Candy Hobie, um, he I think he once said that you know work life balance is uh, I'm paraphrasing you know but work life balance is a, a bit of a myth, um, and he just really tries to be a hundred percent committed in everything he does, and that is totally my approach. You know when I'm at home, I want to be com- like engaged in my kids, playing with them. So if I'm at home, I'm one hundred percent a dad. I'm not, I don't want to be at home, you know, thinking about the band or thinking about this other stuff or really just like focusing on music and just kind of being around. I want to be, you know, on the floor playing with my kids, you know, building block, you know, putting block tower, power, towers together and, um, you know, being fully committed. But then if I'm with the band, 
I am 100% focused on the band, right? And I'm not, you know, half in, half out thinking about stuff. It is one, like this is 100% our time to, to learn and progress and improve. And I think what you find is that you have to you know, prioritize what's important to you as an individual and then fully commit when you do something. And that for me, as soon as I became a dad, like half-assing stuff went right out the window because, you know, I couldn't spend, you know, I didn't, we didn't have six hours for band practice. We had two or three and, you know, that had to be focused, committed time. And the interesting thing that happened for, for us is that I think we actually started getting a lot better because we had to focus. There was a limit. Like once there's a limit on your time, you use it more effectively. Absolutely. So going into that, was there anything specific that you had to do? I mean, because that's a big shift and a big commitment change. Was there anything in specific that you had to do or work on or did it take time? Was it instant? I mean, what was kind of that process and that transition phase? You know, I think I think the biggest thing is getting organized and clear with yourself about what your goals are and what you're trying to accomplish. And really just remembering that and and driving to that. You know, and I think that this could work for any for any hobby or anything that you do that you truly love. It's, you know, what are what are you driving towards? Because ultimately driving towards a goal, at least for me, is one of the ways I get from um, fulfillment and, you know, being organized and prioritizing it, making it happen. And again, communicating with your partner about how important it is to you to be able to go do that. Right. And then I think the other element is like, be reasonable. Like you're going to have to stop doing some of the things that you did before. Like that, that is the truth. If you're, again, if you're sitting here right now and you're, you know, staring down, um, you know, the next six months and you're, you have a baby on the way and, and you're waiting and you're wondering how is my life going to be different? I, you know, it is. And I think what you need to do is just what, ask yourself, what are the really, really meaningful things to you? How can you prioritize those? How can you very clearly, you know, have, you know, a, a goal or a mission about, Hey, here's what I want to do with those things that are going to give me fulfillment and then communicate that with your partner and encourage and help your partner do that as well. You know, I love that because you're exactly right. It's kind of that aspect of if there's no vision and there's no purpose, then you really have nothing you're working towards. But if you have that, then you can have the discipline. I started going to the gym again. You know, it's been a long time. I, had been so busy doing other things and trying to spend time with family that I kind of have had forgotten about my health. And, um, I got to the point where, you know, I was much heavier than I needed to be. And I hadn't been in the gym in a long time. I had a friend that got me going and I had a purpose now because I was mm-hmm. like, really what happened is I got to the point where, uh, you know, I started having a bunch of aches and pains and I was like, man, I do not want to be the dad that can't even lift my kids up. Mm-hmm. Like I want to be able to play with them and spend time. And so now I have this, burning desire this definite purpose and chief aim that i'm focusing towards and it gave me a reason to be more effective and more efficient yeah that that's great i mean and i think what what you know you just said really sums up the idea of put your own safety mask on first right so you want to be a you want to be a great dad and to do that you need to be physically healthy 
So you're going to have to take some time away from your family to go to the gym because your nine-month-old probably isn't going to be super helpful at the gym. Nope, definitely right? not. Um, but that time that you're taking away from your family is ultimately going to benefit back. And that's where I think you start to look at the trade-offs is, you know, if you need some time to, you know, de-stress, you know, if you're stressed at home and that stress at home is preventing engagement and you need to go take the end of the night or the evening to, to, you know, de-stress a little bit and then, you know, get back into fully engaged life as a parent, you know, talk to your partner about that. I think this all comes down to communication because I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that's like, okay, yeah, great. But Hey, like my wife doesn't necessarily want me to be gone for, for that long. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think a couple of things on that one, you need to make sure you're being reasonable and aware of, you know, their situation and their emotions and their feelings. And, you know, make sure you're not asking for like too much. That's ridiculous. But like these conflicts do happen where, you know, you, you might feel like you need some time away and, you know, your partner uh, might feel like they really need you around the house. And it's, the communication is going to be the thing that helps you come to those compromises. Going along with that, there's going to be times where you have the battle in the war, right? Sometimes you need space. Sometimes she needs space. And it's okay, right? Eventually, you'll get to the point, the more open communication line that you have, the better off that you're going to be because you're going to pick and you're going to say, well, look, this is a battle. It's not really that important. I'm going to let that go. And then you both take that aspect because you do. I mean, is, you know, if, if either one of you are around kids all day, I mean, that's, that's a lot of energy that goes into that and you become tired and sometimes you just need some space and that's totally okay. But you're exactly right on the communication aspect. Just, just talk about it. Talk openly, get to the point in your relationship where, you know, you're not trying to hold back because you're trying to just help the other person. You're actually making that relationship or that situation worse because you're not saying anything. Yeah. And that, I think that is so important to, um, to really just remember that you, you have to focus on growing as individuals and together. Mm-hmm. And you, you kind of need to do both. We were talking about that this morning again at the lake. Um, and you know, so we were at the lake today and Dave and I went paddleboarding and paddleboarded across the lake and um, our wives were with the kids and then we got back and we grabbed all the kids and we went on a walk and you know um, Maddie and Katie took the paddle boards out and it was kind of a, a little trade-off and and I think finding even like a little balance like that you know uh, what one of the quotes uh, is sayings that uh, Maddie and I like a lot is that it's not 50 50 it's a hundred, a hundred. And it's about, um, it's not that everything is going to be the exact same and equal, you know, cause like for instance, Maddie doesn't have a band. She doesn't know interest in having a band and playing music. So to be like, okay, well you can go hang out with your band and then I'll hang out with my band. Like to try to make everything black and white equal just isn't going to work. And it's not practical, but to say, okay, well, what do you need as an individual? And what do I need as an individual and how do I make sure that each of these things that we need is going to uh, is going to join together for the benefit of the family? Mm-hmm. Making that time and allowing that time to be right. I mean, that's 
such a critical component to this whole new journey that you're experiencing. Like you have to have that idea of maintaining your identity. If you don't, then you can become very, very frustrated because you become overwhelmed because it's like all of these things will build up and build up and build up and eventually they'll explode. Yeah. And I think one of the things that, so obviously like to your point, you know, having that identity is going to help you as a person, whether it's um, just stress or fulfillment or just, you know, maintaining who you are. But at the same time, when your kids grow up, you know, like I want them to, I want them to remember me as, as something. And if my kids grow up and, you know, and I'm gone and, you know, they're thinking about um, like, oh man, like I just, I, I always remember playing music with my dad. Like I always remember, you know, my dad um, always let me play the guitars, you know, always let me hit the drums, always let me like, it was always there. You know, I don't, I don't have any um, personal aspirations of like teaching my kids music. If they don't want to learn, I'm not going to push it on them, you know, but like there will always be instruments in the house and they will always be allowed to, to play them right in their own way. And so for me, you know, music, not only is it something I can do from home, and this is a big thing, I can play music from home, I have a guitar in almost every room in my house. And the reason for that is I can pick up the guitar, and I can work on a lick, um, or some finger picking or something for, you know, five minutes. And then if one of the kids needs me, I can put it down and be with them. So it's something that I can start and stop. You can't, like, I couldn't necessarily do that with, like, rock climbing or, ski mountaineering or mountain biking or any of these other things where, you know, once you're out, you're out for, for mm-hmm. hours. So I could excel at the guitar and excel at my singing and songwriting and some of these other things that I've been working a lot on. Um, I can do those while I'm at home with the kids. And it's actually really cool. So Coda, um, almost six months, he loves when I sing and play the guitar. He just gets the biggest smile and just stares. And uh, I mean, uh, specifically on the music part, music is is good for kids. It's good for the brain. Um, it's you know learning an instrument can be really really beneficial in a lot of ways. So, you know, what I've tried to do is you know find that hobby. I had to let go of a lot of things. Let go of a lot of things that I used to do, and just say, okay, what's going to be that important thing to me that I can share with my kids? You know, I can maintain an identity but it's also going to be able to benefit the family and it's going to be something that we can all share. Right. And, and that's what I would say. It doesn't, obviously it doesn't have to be music. It could be anything. And, you know, in the next episode, we're going to talk about uh, your self-reliance stuff and kind of entrepreneurship and how that is, um, you know, helped you, you know, and it's just, it's, it's really important to be able to find this for yourself. So I have two thoughts on that too. The first one you mentioned, you know, having always having musical instruments in the house uh, you know, I think there's some people maybe that's, that are listening to this that think oh, the first thought is, oh, but what if something breaks, you know, uh, yeah. or that whole aspect of, you know, you, you have your space and you don't want it touched and it's got to be just one certain way. I love that ability that you have to be flexible and to be able to let go of certain things because right, it's something that can be replaced. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and I mean, I'll be honest, I have guitars that I do not let my kids play with, but I have guitars that I will let them play with in any way they want, you know? (laughs) And so like, that's, you know, yeah, find those things and, you know, let go of some of your, of some of your, um, expectations around how they're going to play or or what, what might happen or, oh my gosh, it might break. Like, yeah, you can replace it. Just like you said. 
it's yeah i mean it's just a material thing right there's nothing to be attached to and i think that again that's a, a big thing that you got to realize with children coming into the to the household max is getting to the point now where he's crawling around getting into things and it's kind of a a whole new eye-opening thing where we're starting to see okay well you know we got to keep him away from stuff but at the same time the enjoyment that he sees from experiencing everything you know if it's something that's going to be you know hurtful to him or detrimental obviously we keep that away from him and make sure that doesn't happen and try and teach him but for the most part you just kind of just have to let it go oh the the floor might be a little bit dirty so what he's crawling around and you know he wants to be a kid you got to just let kids be kids and enjoy and experience all of those neat things that otherwise they're going to miss out on if if you are too stringent i don't know what, what yeah. you're in the I don't know. If, you know what I mean? You, yeah, you know, exactly. Yeah, I know. That. I know what you're saying. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's just, um, just letting. I I think about it as providing opportunities for them mm-hmm. to explore instead of trying to, you know, if 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 they're trying to explore in the house and it's like you're afraid of them getting into something, it's like, well, maybe you need to change up the environment a little bit so that they can explore. Yep. So that it's a more exploration friendly environment versus like a sterile, don't touch anything environment. I love um, that. I think you're right on because that would change like that whole experience. I mean, you think about it. Well, we were talking today, right? With Judy was playing on this metal gate and he was just sitting there and we were walking and we turned around and we thought he was right, right behind us. And you know, we only got maybe 20 feet and he's just sitting there hanging out and he was just playing, having a good time. And it was so fun to watch him. And you kind of just, you know, we walk right past it, but for him, it was this unique, amazing new experience. And he just was having a blast. And so we just stopped and, let him play and watched and had fun. And it was just, it was so cool to see what was going through. I mean, you you'd almost see the gears turning in his head and eyes light up and just was so excited. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Being able to put a pause on what you wanted to do, you know, because my goal was to walk to the river. We didn't get close to the river. <laughs> not <laughs> we, did not, we did not get close to the river, right? But we played with that gate for like a solid, like 10, 15 minutes, <laughs> the best part was um, when he just sat down and was hanging yeah. out playing with the fruit snacks yeah yes yeah, found some fruit snacks on the ground if there's <laughs> if there's a something on the ground that you don't want your kids to play with like they'll find it like that is the, that is a real life that's like a law of physics right <laughs> just you got to think happy thoughts and yeah find this stuff and maybe they won't yeah oh but mention to the uh about the stick remember what the pulling the stick up oh yeah yeah so um, we had this experience, um, and, and we'll share the story just right, right before we wrap things up, but I think it's a good one to end on. Um, you know, there's this, there's this idea of to when you talk to your kids, um, speaking as if you expect them to, to understand, even if they're really young. So, um, Jude was playing with this stick and there's these big boulders and he's kind of, you know, just poking around and the stick gets stuck. And, you know, I, looking from a distance, I was like, oh, well, hey, Jude, can you pull the stick directly upwards? Because I knew that if you pulled it, he was kind of tugging at an angle, it was getting wedged in there. And I had no idea if he was going to understand what, like, hey, how to pull directly upwards. I mean, he's a little bit over two. Um, And right away, he just looks at me and then pulls the stick right out. And I, you know, I think part of it is I didn't know that he was going to understand. But I said it anyway, as if I expected him to understand. And that happens so often where I'll just throw something out just to see if he gets it. And I am blown away 
at all the times he does. And similarly with music, if you put an instrument in front of your kids, you're probably going to be amazed at how, um, how well they just kind of pick it up, right? So give you, giving those kids opportunities, treating them like they understand, giving them opportunities to explore and really letting them show you what they're capable of instead of having certain expectations. Well, and I love that, you know, you go back to what we're talking about and we'll end on this, but we're all trying to find our own identity, but what an, what a perfect growth opportunity to be able to teach your children how to have their own identity as early as possible. Yep. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. Well, thanks everybody. Uh, another episode of fatherhood and flow next time we're going to be talking a little bit about, uh, Dave's background, uh, some of his stuff. So go ahead, stay tuned and, uh, check out the next episode coming soon. See ya.